Hey guys, welcome to episode 45 of the JB Club with the wonderful Morgan Walsh. Listen, I'm gonna get right into shout outs, guys, because I got a lot of doozies this time, perhaps not surprisingly, following the Kristen Rutherford episode where you were all very patient and kind while I blathered all over the place about losing Luca. Um, thanks to Kristen as well for sharing her story and comfort. Um, you know, it's still really hard. Uh, it's been about a week and a half and um, almost two weeks and uh, it's still really, really hard, but I have uh, benefited so much from the wonderful notes and just little comments that you guys have left about uh, that and, and also your own experiences that you shared with me um, make me feel so much a part of something bigger, which is so important and so valuable, I think, when uh, when processing grief. So without further ado, I just want to thank, um, well, for one thing, I want to thank uh, Dalton B., uh, whose uh, email about the Peace Awards I will be talking about on the future podcast, but um, if you go to peacefirst.org, you can get uh, a sense of what I'm going to be talking about. It's a wonderful fellowship that uh, young people have the opportunity to win, um, and I encourage you to check that out. It is an opportunity for young people to show their leadership in the kind of peacemaking uh, world of their schools and the communities. Um, very much right up uh, JV Club listeners alley, I think, so check that out. I want to thank Erica D. and Don F. for their emails, um, specifically about Luca and about their own pets. Mitch A. Um, uh, via Twitter, Ben C, Eddie, John S, Caitlin A, Hannah, Harvey, Kim P, and uh, Sam L, uh, for your comments and thoughts. Uh, Kim P was on Facebook, everybody else was on Twitter. Uh, Michelle sent me a beautiful email about her, Kitty, um, Veronica C, as always, thank you. Anna S, Steph L, for your beautiful emails. Jared M uh, recently played MASH at home. He did the home game version of uh, the MASH game that we like to play on the podcast, and I love the idea of that. I love, and Rob S did something similar on the Facebook page. I love the idea of you guys playing along at home and coming up with your, your uh, new futures. It just made me laugh, and I, I loved hearing about that. Gabe, uh, as always, thank you so much for not just your emails, but um, Gabe sends me uh, treats for the dogs, so that's invaluable. Um, Hannah K, beautiful email, and then on Facebook, all of you fine friends who are checking out the, the JV Club Facebook page, Alexander P, Daniel B, Alyssa H, Caleb C, Kathleen M, Aaron B, Terry B, who put some wonderful fan art out there. Um, we're going to make sure that's on our Pinterest account, and uh, I'm going to post it on Facebook as well. Melanie C, Jennifer E, Matthew B, Suzanne R, Meg K, that guy from Austin on Nerdist, Gary, Vincent S, PJ, Alec, Jules, and Bronwyn and Blair also on Nerdist. Um, thanks, guys. It's a, that was a lot of shout-outs, but uh, so richly deserved and needed because you have made me feel... Um, like a thousand percent better than I would have without you. So thank you. Uh, again, selfishly using the podcast for my own uh, benefit in terms of getting that therapy back from you guys. But it's nice to hear that you're enjoying uh, what we're doing at the JV Club. I always say we as if there's more than just me. Um, but that's because you're all a part of what's going on with this podcast. Okay, that's it. Here comes Morgan. It's a very upbeat episode. You deserve a break. And so do I. Okay, thanks guys. Now entering Nerdist.com. 
We're straight up talking. I was worried that because we're friends that I'm going to say all kinds of things that... Oh, that you shouldn't say? Yeah. I don't know. So like I've got you... In my, I don't know what that clutches? means. I've got you in my clutches. Okay. I've got I can you leave, in my though, spider right? web. Oh, no. Under no <laughs> circumstances are you permitted to leave. <laughs> I do have, I mean, I have to relieve the sitter at some. No, this is a marathon. I didn't tell you that this is a fundraiser marathon <laughs> podcast version <laughs> episode <laughs> where we're doing it for like 24 hours and it's live. It's being broadcast wow. uh, live. You failed to mention that. I did. I guess I did. I you failed to mention until just now that you prepared a song. So I'm very excited <laughs> to start with that ASAP. Oh, no, no, no. I wish you had re- prepared a song. If you had, if I had said you must, and let's just assume that like you still want to do the podcast if a song yeah. was required. But if I I'm on my required a song, what do you think that you would have prepared? Like the thing that I sing to myself all the time. Which is? Angel from Montgomery. Oh, and firework <laughs> wait what's firework what's firework it's the baby you're a fire katy perry oh god firework. i don't know any katy perry songs come on show them or it would have been little shop of horrors only that specific song the the prologue to little shop of horrors only because i've been practicing that with my son for his musical theater oh oh that's fun yeah is he really part cute. of the chorus that sings like those kinds of songs or does he also have a part where he has to sing something on his own today was his first day where they had auditions mm. and i just said sing loud and you're gonna be great because yes. it's five to seven Own year olds. It. yeah like, what's gonna happen yeah and but secretly inside i'm like please get a big part <laughs> <laughs> already living vicariously it's so crazy i was i was imagining like all the auditions gone wrong as a child and oh. i'm like oh just feel love yourself like that i just want to like, grab and be like Plus, don't good. get you down yes that's good advice for um, anyone <laughs> but also i don't want him to feel like it's a real audition because he's five right so he went and he said he sang loud and then they said you can pick whatever part you want <laughs> oh i love this oh, oh he's a werewolf are you aware of any werewolves what? in little shop <laughs> so what yeah i didn't pry there are, i guess there are werewolves in skid on skid row uh in real that life that might be well, so they're finally expanding out to embrace all of the different kinds of people living on Skid Row. He's a homeless werewolves. person on <laughs> Skid Row. He's, that's what he's doing. All I know is he said he's, he picked a werewolf. And I said, did they give you a choice? Did they say you could be like Seymour or a werewolf <laughs> or Audrey or a werewolf? Yeah. And he's like, I don't know. I just said I wanted to be a werewolf. So, oh, my gosh. I can't this wait for the so show. Exciting. I cannot in 10 weeks. I'm going to see him be a werewolf in Little Shop. I'd like to see, you know, I always tell my friends who have kids, please keep me posted on when your children's shows are and I will come see them. And no one remembers to do that. And I understand that it's because they're busy being parents and who has time to think. I don't think think. that's the reason. You think that they don't want me to come see their... No, I don't think it's that they don't want you to come. I think it's that they don't want to trouble you with it. But I wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it. Okay. Like Greg Barrett's daughters are constantly in plays and I couldn't love those girls more and they know i love them and i've said it upsets me that you don't ever tell me when their shows are because i want to see them do their thing we have our kids are five three and one and we have a couple of shows a year at their school like the court of normandy was one where it was a whole story about i don't know what that is i don't think most people do it sounds um very official for a, such a young group of kids. <laughs> he had a mustache and a velvet, 
and a velvet rope <laughs> around his waist. And he welcomed maidens off the shore oh into his castle. No. I don't know. Hello. Um, and then Emmett was a beetle once. One of, was Ringo or? Oh. <laughs> he was Clever. Paul McCartney. Clever, um, He was no, uh, a beetle. Like a real, like tight yeah. plastic pleather outfit around Great. his round midsection. <laughs> so cute but see that's the thing like as parents we eat it up but i don't expect people who aren't in love with my children to love them but i will remember this kids are so mf and cute they are i mean they are (sighs) guys listen i gotta come out with this straight away you want a baby you're pregnant i'm not neither of those things are necessarily true i don't not want a baby but uh but i'm that's are you just plugging us in now no i promise you we already have been recording we we just i didn't have any surplus power going into the the laptop uh we're fine but um i i'm sure that morgan is tired of hearing me say this because i've said this to her (laughs) so many times say it again i enjoy repeating myself most people on the podcast are also aware of that listen to the podcast but uh i when you were pregnant, you were like the most beautiful, radiant, pregnant woman I've ever seen. And I know that everybody says that about their pregnant friends to their pregnant friends. Yeah. But I said it about you to other people, which I think is the difference between like people say that to pregnant women. But do they talk about how radiant other people are? Not, I don't behind know. Behind the scenes? I don't you know. You know I put on 75 pounds, right? I mean, are you sure it's me you're talking about? I'm 100% sure. And also, I feel like... I don't think I had met you until you were pregnant with Jude. No. I honestly right? think so. When Five was, years ago? When was our mutual red-headed friend's um, bridal shower? <gasps> You're right. Right? You, weren't you already pregnant at, the, at yes. the bridal shower? I had heard about you for a, the couple of years that I'd lived here because you hadn't moved I'm here amazing. yet, I don't think. People talk. Mm-hmm. But that, I think, was when I met you. So I had no gauge right. of like... What your quote-unquote normal weight was or anything like that. I just thought you were gorgeous. You were pregnant. I'm usually 101 pounds. uh, Great. Tell whatever Um. (laughs) story you need to on the peak. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Yeah. And then and so you were beautiful and radiant as a pregnant person. And then you're... I love that I, I made sure not to say a pregnant girl or lady as if I was being like like pc like like i said a pregnant person rather than saying (laughs) a pregnant girl i think only women i think only women can say so male person pregnant lady those are okay okay got it (laughs) server not waiter or waitress got it yeah um postal person postal person pregnant lady pregnant lady yeah um then pregnant vagina had (laughs) then you had jude yeah and then your relationship i went back to, to my baby. 97 pounds went back so. to your 97 you dropped down dangerously to 75 pounds <laughs> you had June, some people then, say dangerous some people say gorgeous well you're in the right own. city for it to be gorgeous <laughs> i guess but uh but your relationship to jude from the time that he was just a little one to now yeah um Obviously, awesome. this is true of your other children too, but I didn't. I haven't no, really I spent any most. time around your other kids, and you love him the most. <laughs> He's number one, as all first children are. My husband really does think that, though. He's like, I know you have a special relationship because he's your firstborn, and I'm like, that's actually not true. <laughs> like, I can love all of my children. You're, you just, it just gets your heart gets bigger. It's all fine. Like, yeah. but he's one of seven, so I think he has. He's number four in a line of seven. So I feel like he just has that implanted in his brain that his mom loved 
Uncle Pat. In a descending order, like love yeah. Pat, then love the <laughs> less next one a less little less. Time. And so by four, yeah. I feel sorry for the seven. Yeah, number That's seven. probably like a, like maybe the, maybe his seventh sibling considers their parents like an acquaintance. <laughs> <laughs> number seven was raised in the woods. <laughs> acquaintance like. in passing, come into the, from the woods every once in a while, <laughs> cast a wave at mom and dad. They didn't mind him. They didn't no. love him. They were all used up. Your heart doesn't get bigger. Yeah, it and doesn't. everyone knows it's a rate of diminishing returns. <laughs> oh well, I'm glad to know that you have a very special relationship with Jude because he's your firstborn. Maybe I wasn't listening. No, you weren't. Um, I actually love all my children the same. Well, regardless of how much more you love Jude, I love the relationship between you and Jude. <laughs> no, but you were just so you were such a happy mom, and you loved him, and he was so beautiful and cute, and you took yeah. him places and. Um, and I said this at the time, and I think maybe it's because I had friends who around that same time had kids and I yeah. really was hearing about the whole, like, there was a big wave of so us. much they don't tell you. And they were just like, there was so much misery and it all worked out. Yeah. But there was so much like, I wasn't prepared for, oh my God. <laughs> I da, da, da. And I just, I didn't get that experience from you. Not that I didn't feel that you were being honest about yeah. that it being hard, but you were just, it just seemed to me. And again, this is like my perception of your experience but it just seemed to me like you had made up your mind to have a extraordinary beautiful relationship with jude and all the ups and downs that come along with that he was like your best buddy well and i just love that in all fairness i think that some um children are easier babies are quote-unquote easier than others and jude now that i've had three i can compare and of course jude is my favorite (laughs) um no but he was for a first-time mom he was you know, he slept. He didn't have any of these like acid reflux or anything like that. Yeah. So I was very lucky that way um, with him. Whereas I think first time parents who experience that, it's alarming to them. But um, and since then, I've had varying experiences, but all of them, you take the good, you take the hard. But it's that thing. It's the hardest work you'll ever love. That's yeah. the phrase I heard. Yeah. It's the hardest work you'll ever love. So that's how that goes. That's but fantastic. I'm done. I'm not having any more. Um, number three I think is that's it. fair. Yeah. I think that's Closing fair. up shop. Uh, <laughs> my husband's Does like, that mean you're stitching yourself shut? Because I'm that's stitching what I started myself. to worry when you said I'm not even going to pee anymore. <laughs> okay. This whole area. Don't risk it. It's just like, <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> <laughs> it's off limits. It's, yep. Stitch. Yep. Hammer. Oh, zipper and a st- Oh, and a hammer. <laughs> Buckle. Those all sound extremely uncomfortable. I gotta be honest with you. But not as uncomfortable as labor. That's true. <laughs> Actually, I've learned that's terrible. so much. I've sent you in another direction. Now you're terrified of labor. I am terrified of labor too. It's I'm terrified fun. of the whole process. I'm terrified of everything that people say. I was I was glad when somewhere along the line people started owning up to the fact that, that it, it is hurts. weird that a baby is growing inside you. I feel like I was supposed to think that was normal for a long time. And it is, of course, it's the most normal thing in the world. But the fact that I never heard anyone pregnant say... <clears throat> it feels like I have an alien growing inside me. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it was okay for people to acknowledge that. All of a sudden, it felt like I knew people who were like, yep, this is weird. This it is became a weird part experience. of them. I think more, yeah, easier to talk about. We did like a weird birthing class because we, you know, with our first, we're like, what are we doing? Was and that what it was called? A weird birthing mm-hmm. class. That was the title. And we're like, signing I'm up. I'm interested. <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> but we were, I remember at one point, we were going around the room and this mom across the circle was like, is anybody else having weird dreams? And I had just had a dream too about the sex of my child. Like I was getting those kind of dreams, but it was pretty 
you know, a regular dream. It was lovely. It was sweet. But the woman across from me was like, I had a dream that I gave birth to a squirrel. It came out, I fed it, and then I put it back inside me. Anybody else? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Right, guys? Like, we're all... No. Oh, that's fascinating. No judgment. (laughs) No judgment. Listen, you can't control your dreams. No, you can't. I mean, I can. You can't, Janet, but I can are we now i feel like i'm at a self-help seminar you can control your dreams talk to me about i've got i'm an expert in all self-help are you no but i do partake in a lot yeah (laughs) i always feel like my intention isn't to i mean in the comedy world it's fun to shit on stuff like that yeah but but everybody's in it but everybody's in it (laughs) and um that's one of the things that we've talked about you know just even talking to like you know june on on past podcasts or jessica st Clair is that we i'm so we're a part of a few of the same group (laughs) so so lucky to be a part of this group of ladies who are very emotional very honest very like they're seekers they're searchers yeah um and they're also ridiculously funny and talented, but that there's, and I'm including us in that. Yeah. Um, but, but there is, there's an honesty and there's like a, a, a depth that I feel so lucky to have because I think you can exist in the comedy world without that. You could easily kind of, you know, skate by with like no, never having a real conversation about anything or talking about like what it feels to get your heart broken or yeah. any of those things. And I feel like I'm so glad that there are women who are honest about community it. with each other and are honest about it. Yeah. I don't feel like I could, I know technically I could, but I wouldn't function well in the world without a number Correct. of things to yeah. like help me. Yeah. Um, and it's true. The St. Clair and June, for example, um, are really open about it. And I, I love that. Like we're, we share like one too many poems with each other by email. I can't believe you've not gone on a retreat. We got to get you to a Heidi. You went to the Heidi retreat twice. Okay. Well, I've had two readings. Okay. All right. Can I ask what your, or maybe you can't say it. What was your name that you were given? Oh gosh, I don't know. I don't know if you're supposed to say. Okay, don't say it. Don't. I'll say tell it. you offline. Okay. Um, these guys have heard a, like a pinch here and there about this kind of retreat stuff, and I always joke that like 50 percent of the listener probably just turns off. As yeah, soon they're as like, they start hearing this. No. Not that they're not into it, but um, let's. L- 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 we're 15 minutes in. I haven't um Talks set about- the stage of for where you're from or um. Okay. I mean, we know each other through the UCB world, guys. Uh, Morgan was one of my favorite characters on Burning Love. Um, oh, that was so fun. I'm excited for season two and three. I'm very excited for seasons two and three, too. Uh, we had a great time. She makes me laugh. Um, yeah. She's a classy lady. <laughs> I guess this is me introducing 15 minutes in, my guest. Where um, I'm from. You guys know. You know what you signed up for when you when you pressed play on this episode. You know you already know it's Morgan. But yeah, where where did you grow up? I grew up um, half my in the Pacific Northwest, but Love half it. my life in Seattle and half my life in Portland. Oh, so good. Um, my parents divorced when I was two, so I went in between that. And my mom moved to Seattle, so I went in between them. How much? I mean, going in between two completely separate cities, where, where did you go to like high school? Um, two different cities. Really? I went, yeah, I went to Holy high smokes. school mostly in Portland at Lincoln High School, downtown Portland. Kind of a hippie, very dazed and confused high school. Very Portlandia, probably. 
It's that opening credit sequence is so like hacky sacking. I drove a 1973 Volkswagen camper pop top. God bless. Of course you did. Um, which my dad gave me in exchange to have me stop smoking pot. I'm like, you gave me a 1973 Volkswagen camper. You gave me a pop mobile. <laughs> smoking pot. It's like, now stop smoking. I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> um, and then I went to a semester of my junior year in Linwood, Washington, which is just outside Seattle. Just a semester. And then you came yeah. back and finished graduated from that from Lincoln in Portland. That seems stressful. You know, at the time it or seemed were like you just so high. That I was matter. so high. It's all it's just a blur. Uh-huh. Um at the time it seemed like a good idea because I hadn't lived with my mom. I moved away from my mom when I was twelve. So I thought I'm gonna graduate from high school. I should have one more chance to live with her I should give it another try and I did and it didn't work out that well so I moved back in with my dad do you have siblings I have a stepbrother and a stepsister who I love from your mom or your dad my mom remarried um so my stepdad had two kids and we're very close in age my sister's a year and a half younger my brother's um two months older so we're sandwiched together and um I love them they're great they're like they feel like my brother and sister, even though yeah. we only actually lived together for two years of our whole childhood. And so, and your dad never remarried. My dad never remarried. So it was like you and your dad in me and Portland. my dad. That's funny Portland. that I don't have a lot of those, but I was raised by my dad principally, really in Tucson, and he never remarried. And so really? it was a total. That makes sense to me somehow. That I, I, it makes sense to me. Yeah, it's a very unique experience being like a, an only child girl with a dad. Yeah. Was I, my dad would, I never felt like he wanted a boy or anything like he was so happy to have a girl and he took me fishing. We did a lot of fishing camping trips when I was younger. Such Um, a great area to do anything like It was really good. We lived in this house though and it still, it kind of makes me laugh now that I'm a parent myself because I lived on the top floor of the house. I had a bathroom, my own phone line, mm. my own television. We, the middle of the house was our living room and kitchen. And then he lived in like a basement apartment yeah. with his own phone line. You guys were roomies. We were roomies. Yeah. It was like, Hey dad, like just <laughs> in passing, <laughs> you know, it was, we had like a white board, you know, one of those dry erase boards uh-huh. where we would communicate. <laughs> um, it was so we lived I was very independent I don't know about you but I was very independent I was I mean my dad the only thing I would say about my independence in high school is that my dad I went to the high school that my dad taught at which I knew I was gonna do so I had it's hard to be no he was supervising you but like yeah but it's weird because he he was supervising me but at the same time I was still like just raising hell in terms of like the amount of drugs I was taking yeah. and like all the shit I was getting away with. And I ditched school somehow. I managed yeah. to ditch school, even though the teachers all knew him. I think a couple of times I did have teachers say like, Hey, were you it feels in, better. Were you living a double life? Cause that's what yeah. I did. Like nobody knew. I like I, well, kept... I looked like, I mean, I was goth, so I looked like I was, no, no you good. weren't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause I was, everybody's so tired of me talking about this on the podcast. Okay. But yes, I was, I was a cheerleader, but I was like, had shrooms oh, in my cheerleading bag. really good double life but that yeah. seems very portland too like even the cheerleaders do shrooms i did think i was for the longest time like literally until like 
10 months ago. Uh I thought I lived this like really dark, crazy high school life. And then I went to therapy and I was like, I was crazy bad. And she was like, what do you think is crazy bad? And I made this list. I was like, I smoked cigarettes. I smoked pot. I, you know, ran around with men, blah, blah. I made this list and she was like, um, P.S. That's all normal. Every teenager. <laughs> Every, she's like, that's pretty normal. Maybe, yeah. maybe slightly extreme, but pretty normal. Yeah. Did it, did, did it sort of depend for you on like what circles you were running in in terms of like, was every, do you feel like, well, I, the reason I bring this up and, and these guys know this is that I was sort of, I was fairly straight laced up until high school. And then I met one person who just like completely changed. changed my life. I was so platonically in love with this girl that I just like glommed on to like, Oh, you do want to do this. And Oh, and she was sort of, she just started getting into that stuff too, but I, but she was a year ahead of me. And so it just became like, Oh, this is who I am now. And I I'm feel like I might've that... been that friend oh, to people. Okay. Um, I, I think I always had like a, a, a zest for life. If oh, you je de vivre. <laughs> je de vivre. Um, I was trying to seize the day. Love it. Carpe diem. Uh, Carpe diem. <laughs> I'm going to give the Latin and French translations for yeah, everything. Of everything. Um, and I did see Dead Poets Society. I watched it way too much. And oh I was God. like, I did too. I remember seeing it in the movie theater and just being so delighted to bawl my eyes out in public. Like, yes. no, sh- no shame i didn't care no i was like that's what we're all here to do this is so (laughs) painful to watch express yourself yes um i think i had that so i was always even early on i was like i said double life so there was the one part of me that was like student body president cheerleader um i was like president of our chorus i was a peer helper i don't know if you had peer helpers in your school i don't think we did but it sounds like you were it's a group of a big students. brother big sister sort of yeah thing. a group of students counseling other students <laughs> um in hindsight i'm like uh you i did not do a good job that. um so i was that person but on on the down low on Listen, the work hard play hard yeah <laughs> i really i was like and i had relatively good grades but not awesome so I just sort of skated by. And yes, I would say I was a chameleon in some ways. Like with one group, I was one way. Another group, I was another way. But um, I always had my dark underbelly. Well, you had your zest for life, but I mean, you have to be fairly... <laughs> and you wanted to seize the day. I was seizing carpe diem. Right? Um, <laughs> but you you have to be fairly... I mean, I don't know. Like To me, really that smart. sounds ambitious and really smart. <laughs> It sounds really ambitious to be that participative in activities like that. Like I didn't, I feel like I had a, a, a you were a sloth. I had a zest for life, um, but from I, your couch. Uh, but I, I guess I was just into like theater and dance and stuff. But the idea of like also being in student council or doing sports mm-hmm. and stuff that just sounded like a lot of work to me. So maybe I was just lazy. I think I just wanted to make people like me. All right, is well, probably what it was, mm-hmm. and I always knew too that I would go into acting like I that started really early on too I it was in between my junior and senior year that I first auditioned for the theater conservatory I went to so my whole senior year I knew where I was gonna go and that I was gonna live in Los Angeles so that was sort of like check done that's cool I didn't do I don't I didn't pay attention to my SATs like instead I just practiced monologues (laughs) that's so cool I definitely I I thought I was going to do that, and then somewhere along the line, I just became you really got your unsure. formal education. 
kind of but i mean i got i but most of that was based on just being unsure of myself like just feeling like oh do i really want to subject myself to everything that i think is going to be really hard about this city which turned out mostly to be true well that's smart like i didn't i had tunnel vision and but that's what makes a lot of people succeed in in this world of ours yeah the ability to just be focused and i I definitely went derailed after that but in the beginning (laughs) when it was all i was clear colored glasses yeah and now also too i'm like oh i maybe going to college would have been going to a conventional college or getting a traditional education would have been a really good idea and i and i certainly want to encourage my kids to do that and i feel like you know even with this musical theater thing with jude we're like oh boy like we don't want him to feel the pressure of this especially that early so yeah well, yeah. so, okay, so you wanted people to like you. That that takes ambitious along, that takes ambition a long way, right? It's, it's the sort of yeah. wanting to feel keeping like you're a part of things <laughs> and keeping up appearances. Would and But your dad granted you that independence and you really took advantage of it, right? I mean, yeah. in a good way, I guess, and in a bad way. They had been divorced for a long time and my mom saw the audition for the theater conservatory in the newspaper in Seattle. So my dad drove me from Portland to Seattle and we, they both took me to that audition did they stay like kind of friendly? Yes. Yeah. That my, is the, my parents did too. It's so important. It's so important. They said a couple of things and one was we came together to make you. We didn't literally. come together. Yeah, literally we humped and you <laughs> were the product. Um my sperm went into your mom's. Okay, yeah, that's they how really you learned about the word. Listen, you got to learn about it somehow. <laughs> um but they just said, they were like, that's the, you were the reason. So even though we weren't supposed to live together and be married, we were supposed to make you and that's great. I love that. That's very similar to my parents' it's, assessment of. I think it's the defining, it's how you handle parents that get divorced. That makes all the difference. Yeah. Because you never feel responsible for their. And it puts you right in the center of the universe. Yes. As an we only child. We're supposed to get together because of me. me. I'm so important. I'm not the same. <laughs> this I, is I'm news sorry to that me. I, oh, <laughs> I'm going to have to go back to therapy. I'm sorry I had to break it to you here. And I'm on this podcast oh. right now. Oh, no, Morgan. I am so sorry. That's okay. <laughs> oh, God. So what were the guys that you dated like if you were kind of oh, crossing over back and forth between being bad girl, good girl? There was this one really nice guy who was in my age group, Mike Willock. I'll say his name. Full he was, name. Love it. Love it. He was I'm so sure sweet. he listens to this podcast. <laughs> Hi, Mike. Um, he's married now and has a baby. Um, really sweet guy. Um, and we knew each other through middle school and in high school. So I, I think I went to two. He went to a private all boys school, a Jesuit school. But we were all friends from middle school, and I went to two proms with him. He came to mine, I went to his. So he double promed it. Double promed it. Um, I triple promed it. I had a friend in Gresham, mm. a suburb, and I went to his prom too. Triple. Um, so he was my age appropriate um, boyfriend, caller, beau, if you will, uh-huh. gentleman caller. Oh, I like where this is going. This but is there going some somewhere. Appropriate people. Um, but I also had a band in high school. That's exciting. Um, oh, it is exciting. What kind of man? If you tell me you sounded like fish, 
I'm going to stop this podcast. We did have 17 minute bongo solos. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> to fill the time. We had a three hour time oh slot at Gino's coffee shop. So that's a lot of Wait time. Wait a minute. Are fill. you serious? You had a three hour time slot at a coffee shop? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. That's forever. And I'm sure that they really regretted that decision. <laughs> they gave us like. Who pitched a three hour slot? Which side Gino would you want from that? Gino's coffee Gino shop. Gino wanted a three hour time slot i don't know it's so yeah funny you to could me the only way to survive that is by jamming like you yeah. have to jam bands who've been together for years and years like accomplished musicians <laughs> three hours is a no lot way. of time to fill no way it's too so, much let me tell you it's like six albums <laughs> it's so it well it <laughs> covered a cover. nearly uh, it was definitely a lot of cover mm-hmm. co- a lot of covers okay a lot of bongo solos what kind of covers were you who, who did you guys love covering? Oh, and of course i need to know what la- you did in it um i was the lead singer right ma'am. of course you were and it was called absolute acoustic <laughs> spelled like the vodka we, oh, we, it. it was very um very clever i, I feel like my knee that's genius yes right? like catchy yes. and clever we got and, it you guys we nailed it yeah we got our name this is it absolute acoustic oh god i love it um Ooh. what's even funnier about that is like three all there's three guys in me and like the three guys were all sober <laughs> And I was right. not of drinking age. Like, I don't know why we picked Absolute Acoustic. Absolute Acoustic. Um, <clears throat> so I was the lead singer. We sang, um, I, I did Tracy, a lot of Tracy Chapman. I love it. Um, I did too, by the way. I mean, I did some coffee shop appearances in college for sure at, with my guitar. And I loved covering Trace. Are you right? kidding me? It really, Fast Car, I'm Sorry. Love Sorry. all of yeah. Sorry, all of those, all of those from the first album, and then I had forgotten. Someone recently played for me. Um, Give me one reason. That's a good one, but this is the one that I completely. But I, I remember that one because that gets played on the radio a lot. Yeah, it's this one. It's the uh, fuck. Uh, I'm cursing more on this podcast, guys. It's Morgan's influence. Uh, yeah. um, it's the it's if you. It's like remember. Oh. It's so sad. Oh God, and I can't remember any of the words. Oh God. Oh God, we're gonna have you know what to I'm look. Talking about? Yes, I do. If and you, um, <laughs> that's all I can remember. It's terrible. Oh, it'll come to, to us it up if on we, your phone. If we, yeah, look it up. But if we go away from it, it'll come back to us, right? That's Rem- what is say. it called? Remember me? I don't know. Oh God, but it's it's like there's something so sweet about it. Oh, and the, the the melody is so pretty, and I can't remember. I it. think we're gonna be working some coffee shops. Cafe One Hundred One is gonna have us, you and me. Sign me up. All of those hungover hipsters, Barney and Walsh, who can't stand <laughs> singing. Who can't I love you play guitar. I don't play any instruments. Well, I you just, didn't need to. Acoustic, uh, yeah. absolute acoustic, uh, had its own. You had your own backup band. I had no choice. I had to be able to accompany myself. I had my own backup bongos. Okay, so you covered Tracy Chapman. Yeah. Who else oh, did you Last cover? Dance with Mary Jane. Tom Petty. Last okay, Dance great. with Mary Jane. Great. Oh um, God! I would pay fifty dollars to. We be did able have to hear a couple of, of originals. Do you have any recordings? No. Oh. I should ask my dad. I mean, I feel like Gino didn't. Uh, <laughs> Gino. <laughs> Gino wanted to set his place on fire by the time we were done. <laughs> it was so like I remember too. Oh God! I went to sing one song. Oh, of course. Oh, oh, I'm so excited. The rose. <laughs> oh thank god there's some really yeah that needs to be in there right i by the way also covered a lot of sarah mclaughlin oh yes oh melissa etheridge yeah oh i didn't never i didn't cross over into melissa territory but i'm sure i played an indigo girl song or two oh but if you could sing an indigo girl song i'm impressed oh yeah it's really oh it hurts a little i know 
it's so good that no, I talk I'm about so it. glad. I remember too one time I went to sing and I forgot like our first show because I remember being like, I'm not going to be nervous at all, guys. Yeah, like I'm going to be so great. How hard could it be? Like, I'm so, to sing. Yeah, it's we're absolute a- acoustic. <laughs> yeah. Our name does our work for us. Yeah, like we're just going to show up and like jam for it out. Three hours. It's going to be fine. I so remember like thinking I just wanted the floor to fall through. You know, I just wanted to disappear. Oh. And when we started, and so there was a song that I started to sing and I forgot and I said, I forgot. And then I started again and everybody was very nice to me, (laughs) but I'm sure they were uncomfortable and sad. And like they advertised in the newspaper for people to come and see us. Where was Gino's now in, in, in in, Portland, in the world of Portland, but like where specifically Southwest Portland. Portland. Okay. Um, if you drive North on Burnside Mm -hmm. up past Northwest where 23rd is, and you go up into that area into the hills behind it. Okay. That's where it was. It was in a strip mall. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) it was in a strip mall. Yep. That's where I think I played it someplace. I'm sure it was called like the coffee beans or something. Yeah. That was in a strip mall also. Oh, that's the best quality those music. Days. Those the days. the best to be had. I, I, um, we did have a couple of originals. Okay. If there's any way that I can oh. get you to tell me what they're about. Oh, and the um, I'm very proud of one hook. Okay. Lay down your head, drink the wine, feast the bread. You, <laughs> you can be free. I can't even do it without... No, it's really good. Teach it to me. I want to sing it with you. Lay down your head, drink the wine, feast the bread. You can be free. I love it. Really good, right? Feast so good. Drink the wine, feast the bread, guys. Feast the bread might be the best thing I've ever heard. Feast the bread. Hey, you know what? That is totally carpe diem, right? Feast the bread. Might as well say feast the bread, and when you mean seize the day. I need to start saying feast the bread. Feast the diem. Feast, feast the, the diem. diem. Feast the diem. Feast on it. Feast it. Like Eat a it. vampire of life that you are. <laughs> Suck it dry. Oh my God. Feast, hey, Morgan, just feast the bread on this. You Thanks for what? feasting the bread on this podcast. Let's oh. continue. Okay, so that was one of them. What was it called? Uh, it's not oh, called I feast don't the bread. know. I know we had another one called Six Days, but I don't remember any lyrics. You're welcome, everybody. Don't worry. Oh, I don't I'm remember sorry to anymore. hear that. But I can't. It must be, what it must be You Can't Be Free. Entailing? must be You Can't Be Free. Yeah. That's the name of that song, right? Lay down your head, drink, drink the, the wine, wine, feast the bread. bread. You, you can, can be free. free. I love it. Oh, God. Do you keep in touch with those bandmates? Um, through Facebook, mm-hmm. I will say. Good old Facebook. Um, and I dated... Any chance that the band might get back together? <laughs> <laughs> if everybody in America is really lucky... Yes. I'm almost willing to get married just so that I can have, have absolute, absolute acoustic. acoustic play. I feel like you wedding. could do better, but I don't know. I doubt um, it. The reason why I brought that band up is the guy thing, because I dated yeah, a guy, yeah. Ryan, Ryan, in the band. Okay. Um, we had a torrid love affair. Um, he and was that was a, pre or post uh, Nice Guy? Um, Let's just say he was sprinkled in there. Right. Um, That's what we, many of us did. Yeah, he was in there somewhere. No, I, I, what was it? Can I ask you something real quick about the guy thing too? Yeah. Um, cause I always wonder this about like the way you get raised by a single dad. Yeah. I feel like my perception of what relationships should be or like weighing the level of importance, uh, was vastly different than a lot of my girlfriends who didn't have that experience with the parent that I had. I had a dad who was like, 
eh, give you know, like relationships, take them or leave them. I'm never getting married again. You don't need to be with anybody, or you can be with somebody. Don't take any shit from anyone. Like, yeah. if anything, I think he made me less flexible and probably too inflexible to where it was like, listen, I can, you know what I mean? And I think he also, I'm afraid that he also imbued this sense of like, it's hard to get your needs satisfied by just one person. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's very sort of like, you know, guy who is a a, a young dude in like the 60s and 70s. There's a yeah. little bit of like a free. And so I think I Vietnam took vet. a lot of... Your dad is? Yeah. Oh, my dad isn't because he was a teacher. So he got oh, out yeah. by not by teaching. But um, I think there was a little bit of like, I think I thought that, you know, I never wanted to hurt anybody. But I feel like especially when I was a teenager, I was like, hey, like, you I, date him, you date him. Maybe you're dating them both at the same time. and You just never say anything. That's love, baby. Like, I just think I had a very lackadaisical view view because of because of being a, a daughter raised by a single dad. I think we probably could have could stand to have talked about it a little more Mm. like what is you know dating and and how a girl should be um i don't feel like we had the don't take any shit from anybody conversation um i think there was definitely the thing of like you can be on your own take a you know one person might not be it for you um definitely had that Mm -hmm. and certainly no like oh run off and get married you know right um, live life was a big one, but I feel like we probably could have talked about it more. I think there was a lot of seeking on my part or, you know, maybe it's just that old like cliche thing of if you're, if you have daddy issues or something, um, cause he did travel a lot. Yeah. Um, that I was seeking that kind of attention. Sure. sure. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm one thing I'm really glad about is that I never, really got involved with any jerks like most of the guys that i've been of course they're people with faults but um i've i've haven't ever been abused or you know everybody i dated was like a good guy yeah same same i didn't have a lot of um i didn't have a lot of like a lot of my girlfriends would be like, I can't believe he did this to me or he yeah. was cheating on me or anything like that. I never, I do feel like I was lucky probably because of my dad to where I picked yeah, people that I could trust and people yeah. who I cared about and like whatever went wrong about it was, wasn't usually like, oh my God, he was totally different than I thought he was. Yes. Or like he just completely betrayed me in some way. Yes. And your dad still never remarried. No, he didn't. And he, um, he has friends and he had lady friends. He's hand, he's a very handsome guy. I think. Yeah. My dad was like a super handsome blonde. Yeah, he kind of looked like Robert Redford is what people used to tell him. Same, same exact with mine. Oh, really? Yes. Oh my God. I need to see a picture of your dad. Blonde, blue eyed. Oh my God. If tan. you can find a picture of you as a kid with your dad, we should put they don't a exist. joint. No, oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> They've all been burned. We, it would be really fun to put up like matching Morgan and Morgan and dad Janet. and Janet and dad on the Facebook page. He used to wear to this like I would love that. We have to do that. Um my dad used to wear this, write this brown um leather pilot's jacket like um like a leather oh, brown faded leather. Of course pilot's. he did. Yeah. And I he, and Levi's like he did What did he do for a living? He was a private investigator. Oh my god, this is great. Yeah. So he traveled a lot. He, he couldn't sound like more of a mysterious debonair sexy. Yeah. sexy um, so he definitely had really cool lady friends. Um, he probably had a girl in every port. Probably. Yeah. I know he had a couple of girls in Portland. See? Um, <laughs> I didn't in, have in the unintentional port. on my part. Good job, Janet. <laughs> um, 
But he now he lives in the Salton Sea. Okay. Um, That's not that far from here? No, which is like why mark? I think he decided to settle there. Because what other reason would there be? <laughs> I don't know. Um, There's a real like body of water out there, huh? Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't there? There's liquid. Is that there. what it is? There is a body of water. I only um, say that because you don't ever really see the Salton Sea area when you're driving through towards Arizona. Right. I feel like you. it's like far off. Yes. Like you have to take a separate like small highway to get there or something. Yes. You have to take a small highway and you drive really deep into the desert. There's some great documentaries available like on Netflix. I think one of them is called Salton Sea. Catchy title. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's really i mean in in fact speaking of i know you said your dad writes ghost town there's yeah. like in the park he lives in a trailer park essentially uh-huh. um but his house doesn't move yeah. so i don't know it's stationary i know that's uh, arizona is packed full of trailer Those. parks like that where when i talk about like going over to my friend's house and then i say a trailer park it makes you think that like it's a trailer park. Like it's a like it's a white truck. I mean, but it doesn't necessarily. No, it's a resort. There are some really nice. <laughs> it's a resort. Um, a tra- it's a trailer park resort. There is a, a setup <laughs> in the trailer park resort though that is meant to look like a ghost town. There's like this oh, rusted so fake. metal fake um, ghost towny okay. main street. Um, where there's like a, a like a statue of a guy like bleh, behind jail bars, <laughs> um, like holding the bars. And, um, I love that that's like, your rendition of the <laughs> noise you would be making. Because <laughs> it seems like a scary guy in prison. <laughs> bleh. Okay. Um, and there's like, you know, there's like something that says <laughs> bank and post office. And it's this whole thing. That's so it's set kind up of to like them. Tombstone. I guess Tombstone is a real ghost town, but it's been kind of this is not that. Yeah. To be, but no tourists probably go there. Yeah. So whose idea was that? His. He. Oh. Came to visit us in here in Los Angeles, and he, you know, he did live in Portland. Came to visit us, and then he just drove east. So this is recently. This would now be uh, five years ago. Okay. <clears throat> and kind of the next thing I knew, which is like him, he's a mystery man. He's a private investigator who travels around. Sure. Um, he landed there basically in, only in his car. Like he didn't fly there. He, you know, that's where he settled. Um, and I got an email saying, this is where I live. This is my address. And we did, we have gone a couple times to see him there. Um, yeah. We took Jude out. And for does a, he, is he's retired or does he still investigate? He's from retired. There? Okay. Um, yeah, I think, uh, Fascinating. it is, he's an interesting guy and it's, he gets to, you know, travel around and do whatever he wants now, which is great on his own. But we did, he's like, it's great. I live on the water. Like he get, said this whole thing and we're like, oh, cool. And we took the kids out to see him and, and he's like, I want to go to the beach. And we're like, yay. So we go out onto the beach and he's wearing like little Tevas, you know, there's sandals that have holes in them. And we're walking out and there's like, all of a sudden he's like my feet the sand is cutting my feet and we look down and it's just shards of broken shell it's not real sand and then there's like mangled like bird mangled (laughs) mangled bird dead bird similar to the guy in the the guy um but yeah lots of bird lots of bird bones and stuff but it looks because the Salton Sea is not, you can't live that you shouldn't, people shouldn't be living there, oh, no. nor should animals. Where does the water come from? 
We we might have to look it up because I feel like I always get it wrong. It's just radioactive waste. It it's a man. I think it's a man-made lake that was set up in the '60s, maybe '50s, to Uh. be this. It was touted as the new palm springs like it was going to be this great resort but the sulfur content in the water something happened where like pesticide runoffs Mm -hmm, went into mm -hmm. it and then this there's no natural filtration okay that occurs okay so this it's it's actually progressively getting worse um i don't i think we should all visit there we should all (laughs) visit there before it gets (laughs) really bad it's what gorgeous drew to him look to at. There? Oh, because it is gorgeous to look at. Yeah, and he's like, you know, uh, to live on a body of water is like really expensive, and I get to live here. I'm on the water, and it's like you're on the water, but you're on the quote unquote water. Yeah, it is technical. That's why I say it is liquid, but you can't <laughs> swim in it. And it's, it. when I talk to him, it's so funny. He's like, nobody's out there. Nobody uses it. I'm like, <laughs> no, of course they don't. <laughs> Of course they don't. That's terrible. You can smell it, the sulfur oh, in man. the air. I feel like I've heard that for sure, that you can oh, smell. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm sure my dad's been out there a million times because there's like weird old settlements, real oh. ones, like out in Death Valley and in yes. Joshua Tree and areas like that, that. I'm sure he, I mean, it is, you know, it has a reputation that precedes it. It's like people know about it. And I don't know why my dad didn't know And still does about it. Still doesn't know why people aren't out he there enjoying it. He just doesn't care. It. Like when we grow up, I think he has that attitude because when we grow up, do you know who Bartles and James are? Uh-huh. On the roof of our house, he stapled a cardboard cutout of Bartles and James <laughs> on the edge of our roof in between my bedroom windows, mind you. What? So it looked like Bartles and James were standing on the roof <laughs> and people would just walk by and it's like, Bartles and James. <laughs> And our house was two different colors. And he did say stuff like, if people can't get past how your house looks, then they're not worth knowing. I love this guy. Yeah. But like, James kind of, were you ever, as a teenager, like, so humiliated? Like, uh, every single day. I you to take that down. Every single day. I was 12, and I'm like, like, where do you live? I moved, went to a new middle school. Middle school is, like, the worst. I'm like, they're like, where do you live? I'm like, I'm the Bartleson. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the house with Bartles and James. So for those of you who don't know who Bartles and James are, they're the two guys that are responsible for wine coolers. Uh, Wine coolers being for sure one of the first things that you experiment with, at least in my generation, when you start drinking. Because it's like delicious, fizzy, fruity drinks that also has like a low amount of alcohol. So you get a quick buzz and it's a sugar. Yes. And I feel like my dad let me drink them before I was 21. Like he would like, oh, I'll let her have like a wine cooler. (laughs) Like we're on vacation in San Diego. I'm going to let her have a wine cooler. Cut to you in a gutter shooting a heroin. That's that's a gateway. (laughs) Bartles and James, major gateway. (laughs) To heroin. Bartles and James, what gave him that idea? I don't know. And you know, he, I... He was just like, he is like that. He's very like, wants to poke the fire, like go against the norm. There was also a a chunk of time where we had Babe Ruth, a giant picture of Babe Ruth stapled in between my windows. Um, And I know there was one other one in there that's escaping me. Is he uh, like, does he, I don't know why I'm wondering this, I guess, because people put up like 
vote for signs but like is he politically was oh, he interested yes. was he like active yes liberal yes love it super 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 liberal and like i said vietnam vet he's very anti-war i mean who would play him would because i feel like we although we might look like robert redford robert redford probably wouldn't play this eccentric of a character it seems like robert redford played more kind of straight ahead yeah. kind of guys i wonder who would play nick dad oh that's so good yeah. Or um, Jeff Bridges. Okay, that's better because Nick Nolte is super creepy. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Bridges voice. is a great Jeff choice. Would play him. I love it. It's really. It was, you know, obviously being a grown up now, I'm like that is so great. Like I love that. That's that you get to tell that story to people yeah. like me on podcasts. Like this is a delight. Yes, I. W- I hope I should look for pictures of the ha- and the house was two different colors. It was half blue, half green. Half, like top half bottom half top half bottom half yeah not trim and yeah no top half bottom half well yeah. how bright of green and how bright of blue north it's the northwest so it was you know foresty colors it okay. wasn't um neons. and how close to gino's was uh your dad's house probably about 10 minutes by car okay. but we lived right off 23rd avenue which is 23rd and Irving, right down the street from where Drugstore Cowboy was filmed. Like very popular. Now there's like a Kiehl's and right. a coach. Like it's very she-she now. Yeah. Super nice. Portland is so beautiful. I loved, I've done the comedy festival there a couple yeah. of times. And uh, and the last time I was there, um, some members of my improv group and I went up to the, that like old house. Oh, up- um oh my gosh I forget of course. what it's called it's a giant it's, mansion yeah this beautiful old mansion I like saw a play there mansion. a murder mystery play there ooh that would be fun that you could follow you know you can pick characters to follow yeah oh I well first of all I'm agreeing like I know what that is but I don't know what oh, that is how fun is that there's a Portland playwright um oh my god I want to call him Charles Derringer but that would be wrong because that's wrong okay um but there's a Portland playwright who did these murder mystery plays where you can choose. Everybody starts in one room and then you choose a character to follow. I would love to do this. It's really cool. And there, so I saw one in that house. And then the, he also does one on a boat. The same thing, a yacht. You can follow people around. The Portland is gorgeous. It's and there's so, so many. Special. What a artistic. strange, special place. It is. It just rains so much. It, it does really rain does. A lot. I wish sometimes that I could transplant you know, the business or whatever. I wish we could live there. That's how I feel about San work. Francisco. That's ultimately yeah. where I'd rather live. And San Fran. Yeah. Like Berkeley area. Yeah. I was just there for two weeks in, um, September and October, the end of September and early October. And I loved it. It's so, it's so great. Yeah. I really wish that there, I mean, you understand why people like Winona Ryder and, and Robin Williams and people like that who stay up in the Bay area as much as they can. And just kind of, I think JK Simmons does the same thing. Because you get to a point in your career where you can just come down to do a movie or a take a meeting hour, from here or there. Flight. Exactly. Um, to be able to do that. Because I wouldn't want to let go of my life here in right. that way. But to be able to spend more time up there would just be so satisfying. I did this like little independent movie there. And it just, you know, for a movie that has no money in its budget to have that city to shoot in, you just, it, everything Done. is beautiful. Everything's a beautiful shot. It Couldn't was, agree more. I'm like, this is an, this is epic. <laughs> yeah. Like, we're in an epic feature. What was the um, movie about? What was, were you, what did you do in it? It's called Bar America. And I played like a grifter. Mm-hmm. I play a woman who's, um, I have a, I just had, well, she was 
six or seven months when what month number is September? So she was nine and 10 months okay. when I was there. She, I got to have my baby in it with me. So I was concealing my baby in the movie. Okay. I'm a grifter, double life lady. Um, it's funny because you were already, you also grifting your pregnant belly and burning love. Yes. I was selling myself. Uh-huh. Um, so that I, yeah, I play a, a woman who is going to pull one over on some people. And then I decide in the middle of it that I don't want to do it. Um, and one of the girls that I was going to fool in the heist discovers that I have a baby in it. And she and I become friends and I feel wrong about um, lying to her. Grifter with a heart of gold. Grifter with a heart of gold. I'm leading a double life. Yes. Leading a double life, just like in Burning Love. Yes. Just like in your regular high school life. I feel like in Burning Love, though, what's funny about it is that I'm like, I am clearly I know. so... <laughs> so it's the it's ridiculous just, cartoon dumb. version, the Burning Love version. Like, I'm not really... High. It's Because there's lots of scenes where we're just walking around the house, <laughs> and I'm just there. Like, I, I am not hiding it. It's just oh. that Ken Reno's character is so... Stupid. stupid. Oh so my God. Stupid. That I've said this to you before, but your exit, I love uh, the various characters exit when they get a cast off of the show, but yours is one of my favorites because <laughs> there are hardly any on, I mean, listen, nobody signed up to do that show to like have honest scene work. Oh no. It's so all, I, you know, the whole time, like, I mean, that was something that came you're up for amazing me all the time. Oh, you are it. so good. The thing that came up for me constantly was like, I can't believe I'm doing another joke about the fact that I'm also, it's like the same thing for you and me. It's like, what are we really hiding? Like, yeah. it's so clear I'm gay, but yeah. I'm not saying it. It's so Wait, clear. I you're remember the moment you came up with that when we were just playing yeah. around at the pool and you were like, Hey, uh, has anybody decided they play for the other team? And Ken was like, no. And you're like, all right, I'll do that. You really did that. Oh, it was so much fun. But get back to you. Okay. Uh, is that you, your moment of leaving in the limo is so (laughs) real to me that it's like one of my favorite moments in the whole series because there aren't a lot of really honest moments in the Mm -hmm. show. And I love that there aren't and it's silly and, and, and fabulous and wonderful, but you just being in the car being like, I'm so tired. (laughs) It's like one of my best. I love it so much. I I cried off camera and Ken and Erica found me crying. (laughs) Do you know that? What? No, because you were so tired in real life, in real life. Cause I did, um, and it was great. I love it. So no complaining. But right before we did Burning Love, I had done a week on happy endings and then went into doing Burning Love. Oh, and my right. baby I was three weeks you were old. So tired. So I was breastfeeding. And like, that was working a bunch. Yeah. I think. I, all I know is I was like, and it's a haze, but I was like pumping in between scenes. Oh and, my gosh. Um, I was just, so by that, by the time Burning Love was in full effect, I was beat. And I remember thinking like my brain's not working. I feel like a weirdo. I'm sweating. I'm too fat and too skinny for my pants at the same time. And I, I just was like, ah, and I went out in front of the house. There's that giant, amazing, God awful mansion. And I like was, um, I actually had opened an email and it was a love. I was, it was a happy cry. Yeah. I was crying. I was just very emotional. And Erica came out and found me and was like, Oh my God, makeup, hair, makeup. And then Ken came out and he like did a little dance and then farted at me. <laughs> <laughs> Classic just to make Ken. me laugh. He's like, and 
Oh my god, he's so great. He's so great. The two so of them. It did I know. Oh my god. So I did he made light of it and um but there was some naturally real emotional and it doesn't even take having children or I overworking. I just get emotional anyway. Me too. I was emotional on that last day that we shot at the roller rink. Oh yeah. Oh I didn't want it to be over. I wish that we could just work with that group of people forever to the end of time. I want that group of people to move into my house. I know. Can't we just And we were supposed to, to go to the because the other night in hot tub. Did and you do nobody, it? I couldn't go. June couldn't go. You couldn't go. The whole thing got canceled. Oh, no. Really? But Actually, it's, I'm secretly glad the whole thing got canceled because I wouldn't want. Yeah. I was like, you don't want it to happen without you. No. So I'm totally secretly worked. glad, too, that it didn't yeah. happen. Sorry, well, I'm glad I could be the one to tell you that it didn't happen. This is a total joy. Um, I would like to play a game of MASH with oh, you. Okay. Oh, my God. Um, is this that thing that you... Yeah. This is, this is one of the things that I love doing on the show. And I'm going to probably do the cootie catcher, too, as soon as we finish with MASH, because there are a couple of fun... Actually, maybe we'll do the cootie catcher first, if you don't mind, because there are some legitimate uh, teenage questions on here. And then... Um, and then we'll finish with a game of MASH. And uh, and you, when we do MASH, you can either do it as sort of like all the answers that you think you would have given when you were a teenager, or you can do just answers that you would want to give today, no. or you can do a combo. Okay. Um, so, but first let's start with the cootie catcher, which I always, it's this a challenge. It's like pulling my covers. Hold. I love it. Um, I mean, it's good stuff. Get These under are there. all things I wish Get we had. There more of in our day-to-day lives as adults this like, is a I professional cootie stuff. catcher yes this is uh, victoria eden made this for us um she runs the jv club uh uh twitter account now and yes yeah, she did like it's a whole thing it's beautiful i did extraordinary uh, there's a picture of it on the facebook page for those of you who haven't checked it out yet okay i'm gonna go with my instincts mm-hmm. pink that's all we can do p-i-n-k eight <gasps> one two three four five six seven eight Four. One, mm. two, three, four. Three. Okay. God, what's happening? Three. This is very nerve wracking. Who had a greater influence on you? Your family or your friends? Oh, wow. <gasps> That's heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Can I, I'm just to answer honestly, family drives you for so long. Like I think, um, but my friends have shaped who I am today. Yeah. Family early on. Get out. I was like, let's get out. Yeah. Let's figure out. And then, um, then my friend, sh- sh- you know, I, my grandmother, Betty, who I love so much, who passed my away. My grandmother's name was Betty. Really? Yeah. Are we sisters? I know. Do we have the same dad? You know what? We're going to be lesbian lovers. This okay. going to be great. I can't <laughs> I'm wait. moving in. I've been practicing. I um, love. <laughs> um, she was just so, she was like, go to college, don't smoke. Marry someone with the same values. Just classic things. Don't say anything nice if you don't say anything at all if you can't say something nice. Um, she believes that she was never sexually harassed in her life. She was a doc she got her doctorate in business. She um was a dean at Mount Hood University. That's huge for yeah. her generation. Holy shit. City smokes. councilwoman, she's awesome. Yeah. Um, and she believes like that she was never sexually harassed. And I think it's just because she didn't take it from anybody. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to do be a victim. I'm not going to be a victim. I'm going to do what I want to do. And if people are going to spin around in their own way, that's fine. But I'm going to keep myself on track. Yeah. So that, and my mom was a lawyer. She put herself through law school and raised me on her own. And my dad, as we've discussed. So, so, so like core values, core values from your from family. Them. And then your sort of likes and dislikes. And There's like poetry club, a lot stuff. of self-help going on. Love it. 
Um, so that's my, Oh, that's yeah. a great answer. Okay. I need to get in on this poetry club. Yeah. A S A P. Let's do another one. Uh, yellow. Y E L L O W. Seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Two. One, two. Two. Two is. What are three differences, for better or worse, from your teenage self? Oh, God. All right. The first one is I used to do a lot of drugs and mm-hmm. drink a lot of alcohol, mm-hmm. and I don't do that. Ditto. Um, the second would be um, I don't wear chokers. <laughs> <laughs> ditto. Or those Big like time yellow, yellow work boots. Oh, um, oh, I could be... Oh, I have a pair of work boots I could put on today. <laughs> I'm so my sense of by the way, John Deere. They're made by really? the company John Deere. Yes, that makes them I'm cool. I'm going to show though. you before I go. They look like weird big Mickey Mouse shoes, kind of because they're you so get a big. pass for those. Thank you. Um, and the third I would say is this: like keeping my things right sized. Like I don't feel like everything's going to kill me now. I used to think you know, a mistake or being embarrassed meant the end of the world. Yeah. Um, and now I don't feel that way. Like I'm like, Oh wait, <laughs> same. And isn't that so great? It's I mean, the that best is thing in the whole world. The whole cliche. I remember women my age telling me stuff like that when I was younger, they would say, and then you just stop caring so much about that. And I was like, Ugh, but that means I'll be old. Right. No. And I won't care. Like, I don't want that. I don't care as long as I don't ever have to be old. And now I'm like, thank God. It's the best thing in the world. Yes. I can recover from these, you know, whatever awkward, silly, embarrassing moments. Agreed. They- and it's, and it just get, and I think it just gets better with time. And so yes. it, once you sort of lock into that, you start to realize that's happening, then you have that to look forward to. And there's a lot that we're told not to look forward to about getting older, especially as women in this business. But guess stuff. what? I'm looking forward to it. I am I'm too. good. I I'm am happy. Too. I'm way, my mom said that too. She was like, I like getting older. Like I care so much less about what other people (sighs) think. And I care about what people think, but they're the people I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, please. The amount of time and energy that you used to put into like one person who was a jerk, not like, I mean, I still, I, those, 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 uh, impulses still exist. Like if someone doesn't like me, I still have the impulse to be like, oh, I can change their mind. I'll make them like me. But that lasts for such a short duration. Yes. Opposed to when I was younger, I would be consumed by that. Yes. I know exactly what you need. It's so good. Okay. So um, we're going to do MASH. I'm going to start out with the very tradish. Give me three names of guys. All due respect to the marvelous Matt Walsh. This is fantasy land time. Uh, This is joie de vivre carpe diem uh, fantasy Uh, world. Um, So you can name. (laughs) Live your life. Uh, You can name. Feast the bread. Feast the bread. (laughs) Feast the bread. Oh, God. Feast the bread, everybody. Um, so three yeah, men. so just three guys. I mean, ideally, they're people everyone knows rather than just like some random dude that you went to school with. Okay. Oh, you um, know, like celebrities or fictitious characters mm-hmm. that you love. Craig Sheffer. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. Fantastic. Are we going uh, back to the day or uh, current or both? Um, you love Craig Sheffer still as much as you ever did? You know, kind of, because you don't hear about him as much. So A river runs through it, guys. River, just watch it again. It's timeless. Don't forget, a river runs through it. Oh, Craig Sheffer. Okay. Um, Craig Sheffer, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. That's present. Great day. Great. Um, 
River Phoenix. That's back Aww. in the day. Stand River. by me, River Phoenix, too. Check it. Not yeah. Jimmy Reardon. Stand by me. Yeah, Stand by me. Oh, that movie is so good. It's so good. How great was Will Wheaton in that, too? So good. So earnest. So. Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman, so great. Jerry McConnell. Jerry O'Connell. I mean, O'Connell. <laughs> Crap. He's like in <laughs> our world, too. He's totally on Burning Love. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Sorry, Jerry. This I forgot for a second. Cut. I totally forgot right. for a second. Um, okay, let's do uh, sincerely, cities. guys. He said sincerely, guys. He did Sorry. say sincerely, guys. Vern, right? Vern. Yeah, so good. Okay. Oh. I woke up at five in the morning to watch that movie. Oh, when I was a little you. kid, it was on HBO, and I you'd get those little square yeah. direct things and um, guides, and I saw. Up like and I was Christmas like, it's going to be on it. Yes. And watched it. Mm. So good. Mm. So okay. good. Mash. Um, uh, three la cities. San Francisco. Love it. Paris. Mm-hmm. And we are sisters. Right? And it's perfect because I wouldn't pick any of these guys as much as I love them all. So there's not <laughs> You wouldn't any, pick Greg Shepard? No <laughs> you're lying. Um, <laughs> you're lying to yourself and to uh, all your listeners. I get confused sometimes with uh, Josh Brolin. Oh, I can see that. Yeah. Um, San Francisco, okay. Paris, and um, oh God, New Orleans. Never been there, oh, but I'll just oh, say that. Oh, interesting. I went, um, Jennifer Finnegan, who's done the podcast, has now a little place down there because she and, and her husband, Jonathan Silverman, love it so much. Knock, knock. Um, and I want to go back there because I've only been there once and I liked it, but I didn't fall madly in love with it the way I expected to and the way everyone said I would. Yeah. So I feel I liked it very much, but I thought it was going to be like my next change your city life. that I loved. Well, maybe I'll feel that like give it another we, chance. Maybe, but we feel the same about a lot of stuff. So True. maybe it, I'm not going to like it that much. That's how I felt about London. I yeah, liked I want, London, yeah, but I, I felt was the like, same. I was like, oh, this place is great. And it's not Paris, but no. it's great. All right, I'm going to stick with those choices. Well, this is the way that you're going to find no way to find out if you love a place like having to move there in fake land. <laughs> um, how about uh, oh, Mansion, look at some right? suggestions from other people? Um, if you could speak one animal language, like if there was an animal that you most wish that you could communicate with, uh, what would it be? Monkey. Oh, okay. Right? Oh, now you have to pick <gasps> no. two more. Dolphin great choice we're all wondering what those dolphins are thinking and saying and they're saying a lot i think so they're too. getting down to it um monkey dolphin and uh uh parakeet love it <laughs> okay love. don't parakeets speak english or is that a parrot um Par- i think maybe can you teach or parakeets just little t- tweeting chirpers they just say what we teach them to say they have their own language I don't know. Well, this is how we're going to okay, find we're out. Gonna find this out. is definitely how we're going to find out. That was a suggestion from Tammy. I'm going to see if I can find another one from Tammy. Um, uh, oh, this is good. What if you were the muse for an already famous song or a poem or a play? Oh. What would you, three things that you like wish you would be the person that like, you know, like Rosanna Arquette was what uh, Toto was singing about in the song Rosanna. Um, would you like to be uh, a um, muse for a song or work of art? Or- I want to, Bob Seeker's We've Got Tonight. Love it to death. Right? Come on. We got tonight. Who needs tomorrow? Okay. We're going to be That's in it. One. We're Cafe 101. I know. We're so... <laughs> Wednesday night. Double-headed. <laughs> Three hours. p.m. <laughs> Three-hour <laughs> block. Uh, okay. Bob Seekers, we've got tomorrow. Oh, I mean, tonight. I... <laughs> <laughs> Who needs tomorrow? Um, Apparently, I do. Oh, God. More? Oh, God. Two more. Oh, God. Um, What do I want in a book? 
Uh, the oh um uh Billy Joel's woman, isn't it? Always a woman. Always a woman. Love it. Um and uh oh oh she takes care of herself. She can wait if she wants. She's, She's ahead of her time. Oh, Vienna Billy Joel. Mm, double Billy Joel. Did I do oh, oh yeah, woman's Billy Joel. That's okay. Hmm, I might can regret that it. later. You can change it if you want. There's got to be. What's another sexy? What's a? Oh, I want to sex you up. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I want to sex you up. That's a '90s answer. That's, that's very fantastic. high school. Fantastic. Um, or, uh, okay, what about a mode of transportation that isn't a car? Vespa that you used to get around. Love it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You had that answer ready to go. Um, do I pick a couple more? Yeah. Um, a hot air balloon. Ooh. And a zip line. Oh, I love a zip line. You'd get everywhere so fast. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm terrified of heights, but I would do it for this. That's how I feel about hot air balloons. Like I'm a little claustrophobic and agoraph and and uh uh, uh pigophobia and phobia. Yeah, we got it. Okay, yeah, we are definitely sisters. Okay. Um, here is another one. Um, how about a prize that you wish you would have won, like a Nobel Peace Prize or like Miss Universe? Or these are all Tammy's suggestions. Oh, um, so let's blame her. Um, yep. A prize that I wish I would have won. Uh, you know, um, a Nobel uh, Peace Prize would be great. Let's throw it on there. Um, what's that, What are some awards, Janet? A, an Oscar? Oh, <laughs> um, um, a Golden Globe, an Independent Spirit Award, and there we go. That could happen. Um, I'm not saying that the Nobel Peace Prize couldn't happen. It's any day now. I'm waiting for that call. Uh, um, I think it's like Publishers Clearinghouse, where it just comes in the Publishers mail. Clearinghouse, like the other one. <laughs> Come on, I love it. I don't even know. It's what, an award. It's what money. Is, no, I love it. That's brilliant. And um, I don't even really know. You have to. Subscribe. How do you get? Yeah, I don't know how you get it, and I don't know what it is. Is it like ten thousand dollars? It's probably not even any money now. Like what we not compared to the amount of money you spend on magazine subscriptions to get it. Exactly, you break even. Exactly. Um, And then uh, let's do this because we talked so much about music. Let's say you could be in a band. You could be in one of your favorite bands. There's three bands that you wish Indigo Girls. Of course, come on, love it. Um. I'm going to sound like such a Lilith Fair crazy person, but Bonnie Raitt. I oh, got to be with great. Bonnie. Well, we already know that you sang Angel of Montgomery. Yes. I love her so um, much. Bonnie and I saw, oh, I saw her in concert at the Greek and she just, it's the best show you'll ever She's see. She's a tough cookie. She oh. falls in line with like, she would have gotten along with your grandmother, Betty. Yes. Um, She's jazzier and funkier though. Yeah. Um, Okay. So uh, music, another band. Oh, Oh, um, oh God. Spice Girls. Fantastic. Spice Girls. Love it. Love everything about it. And then, um, let's do one more, maybe like a job that you, uh, would have that isn't what you do now. Um, I, uh, a bakery in Carmel. Ooh, <laughs> oh, I, I can't, I can't this. add the city. Can no, I? you can. I okay. love it. A hundred percent. Yes. You know, like you wake up and there's scones. I couldn't like, love it more that you said it in Carmel. That's one of the most beautiful places on earth. I should have said that instead of New Orleans. You can can change we change it? it? Let's yeah, change it. Carmel. You got That's it. That's true to my soul. New Orleans was like a spastic answer. Yeah. 
Well, you haven't been there yet, so I yeah. like the idea of wondering, but then I cast it out of your mind. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you've got your bakery. Mm-hmm. Oh, florist. I thought I always wanted to do that, too. Like, it just seems like such a calm, simple life. Yes. Um, and a social worker. Great. <laughs> calm, <Opposite>. simple life. <laughs> and social worker. But a very good <laughs> thing to do in Skid Row. Uh, helping the werewolves, probably, yes, specifically. Helping- tiny five-year-old werewolf i just wrote that down okay okay uh now tell me when to stop stop okay one two oh, three four five six seven eight nine this feels i'm right. gonna pause this it will be as if no time has passed okay oh my god lay it out for I'm me i'm so pleased i'm so terribly pleased okay, okay. where do i start first of all the beginning I guess I need to congratulate you on the fact that you won the Publishers Clearing yes! House Prize. Woo! Heartiest of congratulations Thank you so to you. much. It's got to feel so good when Ed McMahon raps on your door. It's it's so freeing. I won't have to worry about anything. now. And but I've, all the magazines you could ever need. In fact, more than I have than so many recipes, you guys. And I will organize any pantry. This is going to be great. So congratulations Thank on that. You. That first thing's first. I'd be burying the lead if I didn't uh, if I didn't express that first. Thank you. The other thing that's cool about that is that uh, as a florist, <gasps> you might you know like to have a little extra spending money. I don't know if, if being a florist is the most extravagant lifestyle. It's a simple, sweet lifestyle. It is. Very calm, very relaxing. But now you have all this money and all these magazines. Arranging flowers is like a moving meditation. It's so true. It's like poetry but now I'm in rich. Motion. But you're also rich. rich. Now you're filthy rich. Yes. So it's the best of both worlds. Um, I can imagine that you enjoy knowing that you're the inspiration for Bob Seger's We've Got (gasps) Tonight. Yes. Some people think you couldn't win bigger than the Publishers Clearinghouse, but knowing that you're the inspiration for that song... That's a big win right there. I need to do nothing else in life. I Correct. could become a murderer and I'd still be redeemed because like that it's almost be... not even that big of a deal that you can speak to and understand monkeys. Ah! <laughs> woo! Oh my God. So good. Um, you enjoy all of this. And I don't know how many monkeys there are near your house in San Francisco. <gasps> oh, we're surrounded by gorillas and monkeys. Let me just revisit the fact that you are a florist in a beautiful house in San Francisco. That is magic to die. Yeah. Okay. Never, ever late for anything because all you need to do to get anywhere is jump on your zip line. Yes. And zip right over to wherever you need to be. Oh, including rubbing your husband, Craig Sheffers. Yes. <laughs> yes. Major congratulations. That's Thank a you so charmed much. life. Remember when you were little and you did this and you were like, this is how it's going to be. I know. I love my children and my husband now. I love Valley Village. I could still be very happy. Yes. Rubbing Craig Sheffer's feet. This is in my house in an alternate reality in which you get to enjoy that life as well. Oh my God. You don't have to give anything up. No. That's the gift of MASH. Oh, so good. What a pleasure. Morgan, thank you. This was extremely fun. Thank you. What a great guest. Thank you so much for doing the podcast. My pleasure. Um, thank you for having guys, me. Guys, any questions, comments, uh, recipes you'd like to follow up with for the winner of the Publishers Clearinghouse, I invite yes. you to express that via email, via uh, Nerdist page, via JV Club Facebook page, or via Twitter. Um, you can find Morgan on Twitter. Yeah, you can find me at Morgan Walsh one. Um, a Twitter, a Facebook, of course, Maureen Walsh. 
Um, and Yahoo's Burning Love. Please tune in. Type it in there. If you haven't done it, Burning you're doing yourself a disservice. One. And it's going to be airing on E. Yes. I forget when. Yes. I think maybe February. It's coming. All I season know is Season one that it's is coming. turning into a show on E. So that'll be cool. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Thank uh, you. I love you, Janet. Thank, thank you, you so much. Time. I adore Feast the day. Feast the bread. Feast the bread, guys. Okay. Feast the bread. Feasting. As always, the JV Club theme song is Before We Were Brittle, courtesy of the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 